Ladies and germs, we are the Story Guys. This is a podcast that's a fake game show where the stories are real, but the points are very fake. That's right. So we every week we have a theme and we tell a story, Brian and I do. We pull out of a hat and we just kind of wing it and tell our best stories. Um, um, and and I am... Am I on a winning streak? Are you on a winning streak? I can't keep track anymore. Man, I can't either. Uh, before we get to that, okay, so, uh, we, we need to take care of this. There's a new segment on the show. It's called From the Twitterverse, which whenever I do that, for some reason, I think of pitching to Kermit the Frog. You're like, eh, Kermit the Frog here, um, which then made me think this is a terrible rabbit hole to get down, but um, which made me think the other day when, when I had that inclination for some reason to say, like, in the Twitterverse, like you, we would go to a correspondent and someone would then say, like, here in the yeah. Twitterverse, this is happening. Um, I was thinking about Kermit, and I was then thinking how funny it would be to cut together a compilation on YouTube of people pitching to, like, terrible situations, and then the reporter being <laughs> Kermit the Frog, where you would just, like, that would be, you know what I mean? Like, you just cut it together, so it'd be, like, an actual news clip of someone, like, and now at the hospital room of a dying man, and he's like, oh, Kermit the Frog here, and he just, <laughs> So if someone wants to do that and send it to us, uh, we'll put it on wearethestoryguys.com. That's where you go to get involved and have fun with us. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Maybe if I get bored enough, we'll see what happens. Kermit the Frog here. Uh, okay, so, and I don't really do a good Kermit impression Kermit at all. T-Frog. Is it Kermit T-Frog? Does he have a middle initial? The. Oh, okay. Kermit T-Frog here. Yours is, yours is better than mine. Yeah. So from the Twitterverse, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Maglio Jen is her name. Uh, Jennifer Maglio, uh, she put on Twitter, someone today asked me if I wanted to read Smash Mouth's All-Star translated into Aramaic and then back to English. And let me tell you, the answer to that question is always yes. And then she posts the translation of All-Star by Smash Mouth through a online translator. Okay, so just follow this. It starts in English, goes to Aramaic, comes back to English through the translator. And you're going to read it. I'm going to read it to you and get ready. (laughs) I, I like the I like the YouTube videos where they've taken it and they've slowed it down or they've added effects to it. Or or that like from the inauguration, did you see that video where they put uh, three doors down playing like at the inauguration, but then they just put All Star by Smash Mouth over top of Three Doors Down. So it and it looks like they're playing that. It's like no. superly it, it's so weird and I don't know why you would do it. I got kicked out of a karaoke place for singing Superman by uh or is it Kryptonite? Kryptonite. Kryptonite, yeah. I got I got kicked out. Um they told me to stop. As they should have. <laughs> Though I do have friends that used to go into karaoke bars and their go to was here without you by three doors down that they would then do because it just everything comes to a screeching halt. Okay. Smash mouth all right, star. Please. There was <laughs> There was one who said to me that the universe was going to cause me to tremble, (laughs) that I am not the sharpest cutting implement in the storehouse. (laughs) She had the appearance unto me as a stupid one, with her finger and her thumb in the frame of a Greek gamma upon her forehead. Behold, the years begin coming and do not cease from coming. (laughs) Fed unto the axioms, and I fell upon the earth and ran. It was not acceptable if not to live for the sake of pleasurable things. <laughs> it sounds like scripture, which is why it's so funny. To, to me, it sounds like <laughs> Smash Mouth is now Emerson Lake and Palmer. <laughs> this is keep going. I can't. Don't stop. Your brain increases its wisdom, but your heart increases its stupidity. A great amount to do, a great amount to see. Therefore, there is no difficult problem if we take the streets of the backside. You will not know if you do not go. You will not shine if you do not glow 
Behold, currently, you are entirely a star child. (laughs) Begin your power. Go. Laugh. Behold, currently, you are a master of the music. Begin your singing. Acquire your wages. All that sparkles is gold. Comets alone shatter the frame. And little did we know the most brilliant rock band of the last 30 years was Smash Mouth. Well, we didn't until they turned into a prog rock band. <laughs> That's amazing. That, that I just it just feels like syrup. it feels like an appropriate place to start. Um, if you want to get involved, if you have any <laughs> comments about that, we are the story guys at gmail.com. We get plenty of email. Let's just hit that real quickly. First of all, um, shout out to fantastic uh, listeners and people who get interactive online. Did you see that we we have our first meme? We've been memed for the first time. No, no. We're Joel, over three hundred fans. Joel, Joel C in Florida sent us a meme of our main story guys photo. That is just that one of me with my hands in the air in front of the mural. Yes. And it says, when the edibles kick in. (laughs) (laughs) So shout out to Joel for that one. Uh, JP in upstate New York commented on the episode where you were talking about your first grocery store gig. And do you remember? Okay, so do you remember how I was talking about all the value-based brands? And I kind of stumbled through that because I couldn't think of the right ones. And so he he sent us some. some. The main one to remember is food for less. Do you oh, remember those? Yes. Food for less. Food. Also reminds me of Food Lion, which doesn't. Which was in my hometown. Yeah, which which isn't budget conscious, but is uh, seemsly seems weirdly aggressive for a food store because like a lion is a predator. That's right. Yeah. So it's like Food Lion. Like you're only gonna like red meat. That's it. That's yeah. all we sell. Because Win Dixie, totally different. Yeah. yeah. Win Dixie. Yeah. What does that even mean? And now I, people think that's a dog because of that yeah. book and, and movie. And there's a scene in Gimme Shelter where Keith Richards has been to Win Dixie and he, he has like this little thing he's bought from there and it, it's like adorable. <laughs> That's what I think about. Uh, we talked about game shows briefly a few episodes back. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I mentioned my love for Supermarket Sweep. Yes. Sarah from Cincinnati wanted, us, wanted to let us know. Oh my God, Supermarket Sweep is my favorite too. <laughs> Buy more hams, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Because they were always worth the most money. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Troy, big fan of the show right here in our hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, uh, was reminding us that the game show you were talking about that was being remade on TBS is actually Joker's Wild. Right, and not not Card Sharks. Freeze. Yeah, it's Joker's Wild. And I think it was in that episode where we were joking about what people do while listening to us in the headphones. Troy also wanted to let us know that he – he does the dishes he was while he what? listens to us. Well, we mentioned something about someone doing – yeah. And yeah, he yeah, was yeah. like, oh, this is – I'm a big dishes headphones guy too. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, I, I, again, if you want to uh, get involved in the show, we are the story guys at gmail.com or we are the storyguys.com has our social and all that stuff. And I should say that our social stuff, we, we don't just puke the same thing across every social channel. So uh, check those things out. One of them is my Instagram is just – Pictures of stuff I'm listening to. Yeah. It's called currently underscore jamming. Um, instead of pictures of my kids, because there's enough of those in the world. My kids are not as important as my CD collection. <laughs> I hope they're listening. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's talk stories. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go to the story starter. Can I pick? Again, they come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you always get to pick out. I want, I want to pick. <laughs> there you go. What is our story starter today? It's Mama Tried. Oh, that's a good one. Mama Tried. I bet you love that song. That seems like a song you would love. Yes. And I've had, I remember at some point, the point in my life, there was just a hard 
stop where I would I would have to be like, no, that's not a Grateful Dead song. <laughs> Some Merle Haggard song. So, question for you: uh, Who's going first? Since you pulled, do you want me to go first? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so we've t- we've talked about my mom. We've talked about an important moment, uh, kind of a defining moment of my childhood that involved my mom a few episodes ago. Um, and that was where I was riding my bike, and she told me not to be in the creek and ride my bike and scarred up my hand. Interesting story. When I she's she's listened to that episode, and she came to me and said she has no recollection of that. All that carbon scoring that you yeah. got all of your, yeah. your droids. So very, very funny that she yeah. doesn't, you know, it's like such a big moment for me. She doesn't remember it. So I'm curious if she remembers this one. She yeah. may or may not. Yeah. So, but, but this is another, if I was ranking important moments where my mom made a huge impact on me, this would be probably first or second on that list, right? With that other story. Um, so, and this is kind of serious too. Like you, so I hope yours is funny because this is more of a serious story. Yeah, <laughs> mine is. Yeah. Mine's well. It's kind of funny. Um. Yeah. So so when I was in high school, um, there was a certain point. I'm I'm understand. Let me just start by saying this. I'm understanding the nuances of parenting as I get farther into the game. Right. Right. And you right. have a teenager in your house, so I think you're probably really starting to feel this. Right. Where it's like all right. these things. You you hope you laid the right groundwork. It's a long tail. Yeah, and that it's that it's going to pay off, yeah. and that you're going they're going to make wise decisions. So I was in high school, and I was hanging out with a group of kids, and we moved to Arkansas when I was 16. So I was remaking like these are all new friends, right? So I'm 17 probably at this point, and I'm hanging out with a group of people, and some of us had gone to dinner or something, and then the rest of us, and and then there was a whole bunch of other people, and we were going to meet up with them, right? And so this was the thing and I know you went to high school in a small town so you probably relate to this but there would be like this idea of quote unquote hanging out where it's like okay we're you're either at a party it's not officially a party but it's like everybody is gathered at one location and typically because you're small town teenagers you're getting into some sort of some sort of hijinks right family friendly program right but like you know it's probably there is some substances or some alcohol or Mm -hmm. something there right yeah so in retrospect, now as a parent, I look back and I don't know how my parents remained so chill. In the moment, it seemed like they were being very over the top, right? Like they were too worried about it, okay, about what I might be getting into. Because I'm, you know, you're 16, 17, and you're like, nah, I got this figured out. I, everything's cool. I've got this totally out of control. I, I know everything, right? And then you realize now I look back on things I did as a teenager and I'm like, that was not, that was not well advised. Um, but in this particular case, everyone was going to meet up at this abandoned house. <laughs> sure. Which I tell this as an adult, and I'm like, okay, this is the yeah. this is the premise for every horror story yeah. and bad thing. There's never a good movie that starts yeah. with teenagers at an abandoned house. <laughs> yeah. But I remember I remember doing that where we were the older kids on the student council were scaring the younger kids who were freshmen, and we went to an abandoned house, yeah, so and we lit up we lit up candles, and someone had shine on you me crazy diamond by Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah, abandoned houses are creepy. So this is like 100 percent a small town southern thing. I mean, I, I think it happens all over the country, but I'm saying like it definitely reeks of a small town right. southern you know, sweaty Friday night thing. So I had a, a, a 
pretty good trusting relationship with my mom and dad. And they would say, and this was the very beginning of cell phones. So I know that's kind of the difference between you and I. Yeah. Is that they were, not everybody had one when I was at the end of high school, but they were starting to show up. So it was borrow a cell phone and tell us if you're changing locations was kind of the arrangement. So it was only like eight o'clock probably. So I call my mom and I'm like, hey, yeah, we're going to go meet up with some people and blah, blah, blah. And I'm very vague, right? And so she immediately smells it, which I already can do with my 12-year-old. It's like I can – if she starts something and I'm like, no, 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 you're not giving me enough details. Tell me tell me what's really happening. And so normally that would kind of work. Like we would say, oh, we're going over to Laura's house or whatever. But because I was a little vague on location, I think, as to where we were going, um, she was like, no. No, this isn't going to fly. Yeah. This isn't going to fly. Like, what do you think you're doing? And I'm like, wait, well, we're just going, you know, trying to play the innocent card. No, we're just going over here. We're just hanging out. And it's this, like, urge at that age to be around your peer group. Yeah. Right? Oh, and yeah. I, tr- I try yeah, to yeah. keep this in mind with my kid who's com- coming into this phase when she really just wants to be around somebody her own age. But it's like nothing fun was even going to happen out there. It was just going to be a bunch of people standing around. Yeah. But like it was about being around those people and 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 in not like place. And, and and being worried. I remember at that age being worried that if I didn't show up one night, they'd all just forget about me. Wow, you know what I mean? Like not out of like not out of ill intent, but just because yeah. you had to make your presence known. You couldn't just fade into the wallpaper, right? You yeah. would just uh, yeah. So I never thought about that. So I hope I'm not giving you a complex. <laughs> I know. So, suddenly Murdoch shows up for everything. Hey, I'm here, guys. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I got my other complexes. This is good. So, so she, she's just, for some reason, seems to me being very unreasonable, right? She's just very adamant about, no, you're not, you're not going, you're not going there. And, and she doesn't really even know what I'm proposing. She just is like shutting the whole thing down. Come home, come home right now. And it's one of the only times I can remember getting kind of mad, like, come on like you're you're totally squashing the fun so i'm with my friend christina and somebody else i can't remember who else was in the car and i have to be like the guy who's like oh you gotta take me home yeah so i go home right. and i'm 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 yeah. kind of mad about it and I, I don't know i go in I'm, i probably was okay to them but i you know i go in so the next day i find out that after christina gets to the house in the car that i would have been in very quickly the cops show up and bust about 25 or 30 people, have them all down on the ground, going through, trying to pick out who has what substance and who's taken what. And they end up, they basically say, one of you has to come downtown with somebody, a nominate who's going to take the blame for wow. this. Instead of bringing a wagon, they just take a... And they, they're they taking a representative who I'm sure they just like probably didn't even end up pressing charges with, but like this was a lesson to everybody. Yeah. And let me tell you, it got through loud and clear to the guy who wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't try to pull any of that anymore. Uh, but yeah, so this girl, April, who was kind of on the fringes of the friend group, um, she ended up somehow getting talked into taking the blame, probably because she thought it would be status enhancing. It was not. And um, and that was the last time everybody went to Elmo's house. I, I think they called it Elmo's house, and I don't remember why. I don't think it had anything to do with Sesame Street or an actual guy named or Elmo. An, you're right. That was just what you called it. Yeah. But Elmo's house was no longer a, a place that people hung out. I never went there. That was going to be my first time. And, and so what is marvelous to me about the story is the intuition in it. Because I gave mom no real specific details, and she didn't typically shut down these conversations. Yeah. She probably, and I bet she's going to listen to this, she probably doesn't know this story. No. About the second part, about yeah. people getting arrested. I can't imagine you, like, going, hey, mom, or telling her, <laughs> or, or just passing a memo 
the next day before school. <laughs> it doesn't matter how Memor- good. Memorandum to mom. It, it doesn't matter how good a kid you are. You don't normally, especially at that age, go back to your parents and be like, yeah, you know what? You were right. You were right. It takes, you know, 20 years in a podcast before you can go, mom, I just want to say you tried. And in this particular case, it worked out. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for having that <laughs> intuition kick in, right? I mean, like, it's just so weird that of all the times, she just could smell it. She just could totally smell it. Yeah. Well, I mean, now you understand that, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And and so, and my child is still young enough. I don't know if your oldest is doing this yet, but my child is still young enough to where she will actually come back and say, like, you were totally, like, the other day I was knocking, I've been, she started middle school, right? And she's catching the bus. She's getting up way earlier than she ever has. And I was you know, came up here and she was eating breakfast and it was like not a real breakfast. And I got on her about the breakfast she was eating and she got, Oh, what do you mean? Why are you trying to control me? Blah. And then a couple of days later she was like, Hey, I started eating breakfast like you told me to. And man, I've felt a lot better all morning for like two days. <laughs> so thanks for that. So like at least at, at her age, she's still able to, to see, to recognize, you know, a good call every once in a while. But you, when you're in those middle teenage years, man, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter how much hell you've been it, saved from. You, you're still gonna, you're still gonna be annoying about it. It was uh, those middle teenage years were ugly, man. I'm just saying. So that's my story. Now I want to hear yours. All right. Well, mine's a little different, Brian. <laughs> so, um, not the same age. You're not middle teenage years here. No. Okay. This is this is like little person. Uh, story. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh. I was a really difficult childbirth. I thought you were going to say really difficult child. No. Which I don't yeah, I don't pretty, gather that you were a really difficult child. Apparently a great kid. But uh, hard to get out of the oven. Yeah, uh, 10 pounds. Oh. Yeah. And this was not 1974 is when it was. Oh, buddy. And my mom weighed uh, about 110 pounds. So 10 of it was you. <laughs> so you were Think trying to do that math a little less than 10%. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> That's really strange if you think about it. Uh, I've learned more things about it recently that are... Well, yeah, because it's not like they take you aside when you're a kid and be like, let me just tell you how hard you were. I mean, you know, we had a... But it's taken, you know, 30 plus years in a podcast to have this conversation. Our our, our first one was in the NICU. And it's like, how do you have that conversation, right? It comes up kind of, but and then you realize like you're freaking her out when you give too many details. So yeah, yeah, some of it you don't learn until you're an adult. Yeah. Um, So what happened? So... Yeah, so I was a very difficult childbirth. It was very difficult for my mom. Um, I do think, from what I understand, I don't know factually, but I've heard that the doctor that delivered me uh, eventually was incarcerated, <laughs> and and not for for what for. Uh, I understand. I think cocaine is what. The, oh, okay, what okay. Specifically, it okay. was so not specifically related to the operating room. Yeah, and I don't know what that means. I but, don't know if he but, was selling it out of his garage or just. Well, was, a lot of doctors. This is a weird thing to say but right. we, there was a, a family friend of ours when I was very little who I, I vaguely remember them and their kids we were all pretty close for a while and it's since like in the last five to ten years he's gone to prison for like giving drugs to people in exchange oh, for like, writing pre- fake prescriptions or something yeah so I mean like yeah. it, you know there's a lot of ways to get in trouble when you're in a heavily regulated industry. Yeah. Though I'm acting like writing fake prescriptions and giving people drugs isn't that big a deal. It is. Don't do it, kids. Yeah, it is. Not a good idea. Uh, so. Um, That's a nice detail, though, for this story. It is. So. <laughs> 
so there's no there's no ultrasound happening uh, in the early '70s. So I was gonna be Mark or Michelle, and I ended up being Mark. I was gonna be Julia, and we could have been Julia and Michelle. I know, <laughs> pretty nice. I like it. It's got a ring today to on it. Creepy Dead People podcast. <laughs> so that is what we would have done. That is what we would have done. Our alternate life, we would be doing a theater tour yeah. and reading a lot of Wikipedia. Yeah, and we would be doing uh, after par- after wine parties or something. Sponsored by Carl's Jr. Hey, hey, uh, stay sexy and keep telling stories. That's going to be our next book. It is. So, um, yeah, so I've had to learn all this stuff backwards um, about the difficult childbirth and all that. And um, and then you grow up a little bit and you start seeing pictures of yourself as a kid. Like I was a big fat kid. It's 10 pounds. And But then you were like me. Then you were really skinny. Eventually, yeah. I got really skinny. Um, I did the same like thing. Element- so everyone joked that school. I didn't gain any pounds from like three to seventeen. Like I just went straight up. Yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't weigh over one hundred and ten pounds when I graduated high school, but I weighed ten when I was born. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you weighed. I mean, seriously, that's like eight percent of your body weight. It's so weird. So uh, the, I've, I started seeing pictures, and I remember as a kid, there was always this adjective about me that other moms and older these women would say was that I was a really pretty baby right mm, that's okay. strange right so like I just Ger- Gerber baby pretty baby like look look like you're in an advertisement hang on Cupid doll pretty baby this is about the story bro <laughs> hang on I need this detail yes did you ever have a Cupid doll I, I don't know no I'm, I'm going to get to the dolls okay, in a okay, minute. Okay, okay, go, Hang go, on. go. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot to unpack here with this weird craziness, mama try stuff. So there's lots of pictures of me with these like real beautiful like wool sweaters. And uh, man, I didn't get my hair cut. <laughs> and it was curly. <laughs> and I definitely, there's a big period where like, I do not look like a little boy. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so I always was like, man... Was I just this big disappointment? She really wanted a girl, so Aww. it wasn't like the thing where she just like you know started putting like you know glitter and tights and stuff on me. <laughs> I just that, the hair wasn't cut, so the hair was real curly, and I had these you know I just had these features that made me look very feminine as a kid, as a baby. Um, so that was odd, I'm sure, to other people. <laughs> In terms of everything else, was odd about. I don't know. I mean, mid seventies, long hair in general wasn't weird. So the dollhouse that I had. What? Was, wait, wait, wait! We just jumped from you being a baby to what? Okay, keep. Yeah, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> so the dollhouse I had was metal. Like it wasn't like a really nice one. Yeah, it was a real metal one. So imagine at some point. My surprise that this is not a cool thing for me to have when kids would open up, we called it the utility room in the house I was brought up in. And you'd open up the utility room, which is where the washer and dryer, and I don't remember what else was in there, but my dollhouse was on the floor. <laughs> and figuring out that I could, I should not have this toy. This is so interesting, right? Right. Well, because I, 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 I might have been like, I want a dollhouse. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. Culturally, yeah. I mean, the, the setting is very important in this story. Yeah. <clears throat> Middle Tennessee, 1974. Yeah. So now, yeah. 2019, in any state, yeah. you know, there's a lot more leniency to, hey, well, let's not gender every interaction we have our toddlers 
partake in, right? Yeah. But but I'm thinking 74, Tennessee, other people come over to the house. She probably got pulled aside in the kitchen. I mean, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Giving the, now, right. it, now the, the masculinity with yeah. which you describe your father, I'm yeah. very interested into his opinion on the dollhouse. I don't know how much he was around to have an opinion at the dollhouse. I don't know. Like, he and I have never talked about the dollhouse. It will be the next thing that will happen when I go home. I'm going to ask him <laughs> if he even remembers the dollhouse. So, please take audio recording equipment. <laughs> and, and so, the, there's this guy when I lived in, when I was in college uh, named Todd Steed. He was in a band called uh, Smoking Dave and the Primo Dopes was the name of it. And Todd, <laughs> Todd Steed is... Try this, to fit that on a t-shirt. Todd Steed is so super talented. He's a NPR guy that works in Knoxville and he's so super cool. But before he was in that band, he had a band, I'm pretty sure it was Scott Miller from the V-Roys and, and Jeff Bills, who was the drummer in the V-Roys. And he was called Run, Throw, and Jump Like a Girl. And I remember seeing that when I was 18 and those, that phrase never hit me until like I was in college and I was like, oh yeah, man, run, throw and jump, like everything. Like I, (laughs) there was no, you know, you know, it's like, I didn't have like evil Knievel stuff or whatever. Like I did have like a Dallas cowboy helmet or whatever, but I was really more interested in the cheerleaders because they had really you know, they had long legs and pretty outfits, right? Now, now, see, it's funny because now you bring that up, right? So, so were you interested in them in a way? I mean, me knowing you now, yeah. I think of you as very much a guy who likes women. Yeah. And that's always been the case. Yes. But there's just this dichotomy because nobody ever try. And this goes back to the case of is that is, uh, are, are you, is gender a real thing or is it a construct? And, right. and this was a college class. I mean, I actually have a yeah. gender studies minor. I am I am almost really? certified by the state of Arkansas to talk about this in some really? weird way. Yeah. I have a film studies minor. And, you and I, uh, we're great. We can just put them together and start another podcast. <clears throat> so, but, you know, that is a big, that's always been a big discussion, even yeah. 20 years ago when I got my degree, right? Right. So now, more than ever, I think we talk about that, right? It's like yeah. if, you, if you give a kid a dollhouse, if you give a little boy a dollhouse, what? How does he turn out as an adult? Does it matter? Right. Yeah. Does it matter anyway? But let me tell you, then it probably did matter. (laughs) Uh, I don't recall getting bullied. I mean, I do recall getting bullied for things. But, or, but and but, made fun of her things. Kids probably didn't know that, right? I don't and, f- when, what, like, do you remember a moment where a kid came over and you were like, "Whoa, uh oh." I I rem I don't remember a kid specifically, but I remember at some point that like the I had to get rid of the dollhouse, and I got rid of it because there was like shame with it. Like it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, it was. Like it. What? Like it was so not a cool thing for me to have. And I think probably by this point, I probably had a haircut. So I didn't look like I was, you know, uh, a Monchichi or whatever with the curly hair. And the... <laughs> so this is so fascinating to me and your timing and telling me this story is so fascinating because I am about, I'm a little less than halfway through this book by Jared Yates Sexton. Do you know Jared Yates Sexton? Nope. Writes for the New York Times, been covering the Trump administration. Um, oh, no, no, no. I know that guy is. So, yeah, he's got a huge Twitter following, but he is just, he is actually from the Bloomington, Indiana area, like a little more Southern and a little more rural. Um, So not far from here. So, and he is almost exactly my age. So everything is kind of analog in his, in his stories about small town, Midwest slash almost South. Right. Yeah. So, 
he's just written this book called The Man They Wanted Me to Be about toxic masculinity. And it's really a oh, memoir. Yeah. I and, saw, I didn't read articles, but I've seen it kind of being blurbed around. And I've just got to say, like, when I read it, I, I immediately thought of you and made a note to talk to you about it. Oh. Because of the fact of hearing so much about your childhood and and the attitudes of your father and the whole yeah. Middle Tennessee rural town yeah. thing, and so I was like, I bet this will blow. I bet, like I read it and I and I actually have since started reading it. I have taken my dad aside and said, "Thanks for what a positive role model you were to me and the and the way you encouraged arts and imagination and and didn't care that I didn't like sports and all that stuff." But in this, he talks very much about how even now as an adult and an accomplished New York Times published writer, he goes home and, and, and he is clearly looked down upon by people from his original community because he is what they would consider effeminate. In, in not, and he is, he is a heterosexual man, but in the way that he has chosen to live his life. And so he, and I think it's going to get into, the, into this in the book, but I get the impression that there was a period where he tried to play up the more masculine characteristics Hmm. of of the way he interacted with people. And, you know, I, and I find this still where I will go, I joke about like occasionally I will look at sports headlines so that if I'm walking into a room full of men, especially slightly uh, older yeah, men sure. that I don't know, sure. I can same. I can just kind of talk through it if yeah. I need to. Yeah, because you can kind of lead in with it and didn't, don't say anything. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, how about the Spurs last night? Like, I don't even know what sport that is, right? But, you know, it's like you, you throw something out there and you let you, and then you let everybody else talk. So, um, I'm still like Spurs. Yeah. San Antonio, which sport? <laughs> Basketball, I guess. Okay. So, um, but, but yeah, so it's a fascinating topic to me. And this is like a great microcosm of it. Yeah. And specifically for you. So, I mean, how do you think that's played out for you? as an adult, like what, what baggage do you still carry in that department? Um, it, it's where like, because I think right now in 2019, it's easier to be a guy who's not interested in sports and isn't yeah. that, but, but is not homosexual or effeminate really, but right. just, you know, cause I remember, I remember thinking even as a teenager, like, I know I'm not homosexual, but like, I don't have a lot in common with these heterosexual guys in the way that they talk about yeah. women and the way that they... Right, right. Yeah. That's why I hung out with... That's why I hung out with I girls. I did too. Right. Especially all the way through middle school. I always had girl, more girlfriends than, than guy friends. 100%. Absolutely. Yep. So so that's always sort of how that's just rolled. So I didn't really have a positive male role model. So... Or like present at all. So it just my mom. So... She did everything. So, and she definitely tried super hard. I mean, like, let's just say, Carol, yeah. like, knocked it out of the park considering the load you were carrying. Right, right, right. And so, I know that I know that I probably don't have like, it's some ways I don't have like the most masculine traits or whatever. And, and I remember coming back from, I, I came home once, one summer from college, uh, and it was terrible. And I knew I never was going to come back. And a couple different things, but we'll leave the other things out and just talk about the, for this this story and somehow there was this amazing rumor that that got out that i was gay and uh and it wasn't like just whatever just some people like it was people i'd been friends with my whole life and it's false i still had the same girlfriend that i'd had prior to leaving town and so it just sort of showed up and then I watched how people were really nasty about it. And then it was a couple of my really close friends 
so I played it up and started flirting with a couple of guys, friends of mine, and they were not cool. They did not like it. I just found it to be the most absurd thing ever because it's like these guys have known me my whole life, like probably got a pretty good idea um, whether I like men or women or whatever. Like, does, I, I like, do it think doesn't it's matter. Funny but how, but it's, it's, so this conversation, even five years ago, I think would have landed slightly differently than it does now because now it just feels so antiquated to think of right yeah. of like because I remember even ten or fifteen years ago, guys I went to high school like there was a guy who was just a whole lot of drama all the time in high school, um, and everyone would kind of make fun of him because he was so ridiculous. He was not out. I don't remember anyone in my high school being out. But everyone kind of knew, like, this kid was definitely headed there. And I remember even 10 or 15 years ago when he finally came out as an adult, like, my old group of high school friends, like, making jokes about it and stuff. Now, I don't think we would, I don't think we would do that. No, no, no. I mean, and the, but, I, but no. that's a short period of time for seismic cultural change. Yeah, and it is huge. Um, and it's where, like, the, the people that just don't get it that are like, we need to have a... A, a white rally or a, a white straight man straight, rally. Straight, straight pride parade. And, it, and it's like that your rights aren't being infringed. So I, you don't you don't get kicked out of the military and you can't lose your job because they're like, oh, well, he's straight. Well, I we always can, like. Yeah. Right. I, I always think of every time someone says that I want to say something that my parents used to say to me, which was as a kid, we would say there's Mother's Day and there's Father's Day. Why isn't there a kid's day? And what's the response to that question? Do you have your own birthday? No. Every day is kid's day. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, I, I, I want to look and say, because that's what they would say, right? They'd say every day is kid's day, Brian. Yeah. So I really have this urge to, to just, when I see that on social media or what, whatnot, just be like, dude, every day is Street Pride Day or yeah. White Pride Day in what? America. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, every single day. It doesn't. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a straight. This is, it's a great story. You win. You a you a hundred percent get a hundred and fifteen points. I won. Yeah, because I, first of all, I know that was that's a vulnerable story. Like I felt like I was coming from a vulnerable yeah. place a little bit, but yeah. not anywhere compared to you. Um, and also, me, I think that we have a lot more in common in that area than we've probably discussed before. We, that we've ever discussed as friends, and we've known each other for you know a quarter of our lives. How's that? Put that in, put that in your pipe and smoke it, dude. Yeah, when, when did we meet? 2010? Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's been almost a decade. Yeah. That's right? crazy. Yeah. So, but I want to ask you, because I'm curious, what was the most, to you as an as a outsider, what's the most vulnerable part of the story for the little boy? Is it the dollhouse? Is it the girl hair? Is it the, what? like, what? what is, what's the, what's the part that's like, oh man, that's kind of tricky. Like, how that must have been. Um, well, it's not, nothing is wrong on its own. I mean, nothing's yeah. wrong at all. But yeah. nothing is, I think, where I feel for you as the character in that story is the idea that you weren't protected from the social, the socialization. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. wasn't a warning of like, oh, hey, this is totally cool. When Bobby comes over from down the street, he's probably going to, it might right. be different at his house. Like, there was no preparation. I'm sure you were just, like, totally caught off guard when people were like. Right, no idea. I mean, it's the same thing about how you've talked about, like, not knowing what VBS was and not knowing anything about Jesus. Like, yep. these very specific cultural norms. Yeah. Like, on, on one hand, I think your mom is awesome yeah. for the fact that none of that stuff mattered to her to be like, okay, let me teach you how to fit in. But at the same yeah. time, that's the challenge as a parent, that at a certain point mm -hmm. you do almost need to say, like, 
there's a few things that will make your life easier. I don't yeah. want you to not be you, but there's a there's there are ways to navigate this. Yeah. And like where is that line as a parent? Right, right, right. Yeah. And we it's tough. and we're in the middle of that now. Like we've had to learn that. So uh, and that's probably made us better human beings. Yeah. I think so. And we you you learn from your own experience. Okay, I've actually upped it to 175 points. Okay, I got more points. Congratulations. Hey, remember, you can uh, get involved. If you have anything to say about this, if you relate to this story or don't relate to this story, uh, you can send an email. We are the story guys at gmail.com. Now, if you don't relate to this story and you just want to yell slurs at us, don't do that. And if you want to see a picture of me where I haven't got my hair cut and I'm wearing a cute wool sweater, I think we'll make that happen. Oh, yes. We'll put that on the site. We are the story guys at uh, we are the story guys.com. There's also uh, writing and essays and videos and all kinds of stuff up there that you can check out. Um, I love the idea of this picture going up. So please send that and we will put it with the episode. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I, that's it. Until next time. Keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.